Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Hi, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of the Connected Parenting Podcast. Today, I'm going to focus on neutrality, being neutral. So if you're familiar with my work, you know that being neutral is really um, one of the cornerstones, one of the really important things to master um, in the Connected Parenting Program, but it's probably the toughest. So um, I would have spoken about this in other podcasts. There's a couple early on where I talk about the brain. So if you want more information about this, you'll find it there. But essentially, here's what we have to understand. We're not actually parents. We're actually substitute frontal lobes. The frontal lobe's job is to regulate, organize, prioritize, motivate, take perspective, inhibit behaviors, Um, its job is to kind of press down and see the big picture and inhibit other behaviors and sort of turn off the fight or flight uh, survival program that's often running in the back of our brains. The midbrain's job is to freak out, is to save us, is to um, not worry about whether something's really dangerous or not. It's to err on the side of caution, assume that it is dangerous, uh, put you into fight or flight, and literally um, take the frontal lobe offline. So here's what happens with kids. You are actually the substitute frontal lobe for them, which is why you have to motivate them all day long. Come on, guys, let's go. It's time for bed, time to get out of the bath, time to get in the bath, Um, moving them through these transitions. You're regulating their behavior. You know what, don't talk to me like that. And why would you say that to your sister? And that's not very nice. We're regulating behavior all day long. Helping them take perspective is a really big one. That's the, you know, that's a very sophisticated part of the frontal lobe. It takes 25 years to grow um, a frontal lobe. So our job is to really help our kids see those things, the bigger picture, when their brain can't necessarily do that on its own. Hey, did you really think about how your friend might be feeling when you did that? Or they might be having some difficulties at home. So let's look at the behavior and context. So all of this is essentially parenting and making sure our kids are safe. So because we're that substitute, um, their, their job really is to push back the same way that the midbrain push, pushes back for us. So, you know, time to go to bed now. I don't want to. Not now. Wait a minute. The frontal lobe's job is to push. Uh, sorry, the midbrain's job is to push back um, and, and really make sure that things are safe and everything is okay. Now, remember that the midbrain can't tell the difference between having to go to bed and, uh, you know, a sibling looking at them funny, he's staring at me, all of that stuff. If there is a physiological reaction, this is all um, psychoneurobiology. If there is a physical reaction, if the muscles tighten up, if the heartbeat increases, if um, the breathing rate increases, if your child is like locked on to looking at their sibling who they think is staring at them or whatever they're doing, um, the frontal lobe actually goes offline and the midbrain takes over. And the midbrain just assumes it's a lion, it's a tiger, it's something that's going to attack them, doesn't see their sibling anymore, doesn't see um, that it's their mother telling them to go to bed. They really have this full fight or flight response to their environment. 
And as they get older and as we help set loving, predictable limits for them, they start to be able to take on more and more of that frontal lobe functioning on their own and regulate their own behavior um, as they as they mature. But here's the tricky part. Um, when kids get frustrated and they get angry and they've bottled up stuff all day and they have to keep it together at school because they have to, and they come home and they just let it all out. And it, it is so ugly, especially during that witching hour between five and seven o'clock every day. It's when they just sort of let it all out. Um, they're literally looking for a big reaction from us. And they're doing that so that we freak out or get angry or whatever happens. They then get a blast of adrenaline in their frontal lobe, in their, in their brain. The adrenaline then acts literally like ADHD medication, stimulating the frontal lobe and bringing the frontal lobe back online. And now they feel a little better and they walk away feeling okay. And you're a dish rag on the floor. And that's pretty much how it works. So one of the most important things when we are parenting is to try and stay as neutral as we can. And we do that so that we don't become that hit of adrenaline. So our kids are not regulating off of us or medicating off of us. And this is why you know, parents say to me all the time, I don't get it. Like they've had a consequence for that. They know that upsets me. They know they get in trouble. They know they lose something. Why do they have to behave like that every day? So what's happening here is that there is a secondary gain. They are actually benefiting from and actually seeking, adrenaline seeking, um, that hit of adrenaline that they get when we get really angry. This is exhausting. It's hard on us. They're not actually learning how to regulate in the best way because they're relying on us to help moderate that. Um, so that's why staying neutral is really, really important. But I really want to talk about what neutral looks like. And I've been realizing as I've been working with so many families that people have different ideas of what neutrality actually is. So some people think it looks like this. You know what? Fine. Do what you want. It's fine. Whatever. You'll find out what's happening. But you can hear in there is this edge. There's a little bit of fear. There's irritation. There's agitation. And your children, and children are actually very um, attuned to what tonal language, I guess they can, they can hear, they can feel what you really mean behind the words. And even though we think we're being pretty good at it, um, and especially little gladiators, they're quite extraordinarily good at picking up the nuances and the meanings. That's why they'll say, are you mad? Why are you mad? Or, or they'll say that you're yelling when you're not actually yelling, they're picking up on some meaning behind the words and then they won't experience that as neutral at all. And in that case, that's not really neutral. Um, if it's incredibly neutral like this, I don't care. Do what you want. Go ahead, freak out, have a fit. Um, there's still a little bit of an edge there. And if children actually interpret that as you actually not caring, then they will often escalate to try to get you to care. Really? You don't care about that? Well, maybe you'll care about this. So the neutrality has to be very loving very, um, firm and from this place of like loving authority. Um, so let me give you an example. Um, I have a family, I was just talking to this family last week about this and their, their teenage son is, uh, you know, it can be pretty combative as many teenagers are. And he likes to argue with his mom. There begin these political discussions and, you know, he'll start saying, you know, everything the mother does not 
want to hear uh, about politics and you know, takes the other side and really provokes her and they get into these discussions. And she's been really working hard at being neutral. And then we realized in this conversation that the neutrality or what she thought was neutral was actually triggering him. So she would be saying things like, um, well, that's fine. You know, you just believe what you believe with that sort of energy. And what was happening is he was getting more and more angry with this. He was getting more and more um, agitated and upset because he wasn't buying it. He knows that's not how his mom feels. He knows it's not okay with her. And he started to feel um, uneasy about why um, she wasn't engaging with him in, in a different way. Why wasn't he seeing her passion? Why wasn't he seeing her emotion here? And he would escalate. Now, the mom was kind of holding her own, but was really confused as to why he was continuing to escalate in this situation. And what we realized is that neutrality has to come from this very strong place, which is also true to you. So if you are saying, fine, you know, um, you, it's up to you to find out what happens and you know that I don't like that and too bad. It has that energy. There's going to be a piece of us that that doesn't really feel authentic for. That doesn't really feel true. So she just kind of switched it up a little bit and, and neutral really look like this. It looks like I realize we have different political opinions here. I'm also pretty aware um, that you know my political stance and I, and I love you, but I'm pretty sure um, that you're saying these things to me to try and get me really upset. And the truth is, I love you enough not to get really angry about this. I'm not going to react to this in the way that you want me to react to it because I believe in you. I know how you really feel about things. I see the real you. Um, if there's other stuff we need to talk about that you need to, to talk about with me and pull out of me, that's fine, but I'm not going to go here with you. So there's this strong, honest, um, place that you're being neutral from. So think of it as like just strong authority. So I, let's say you have a little child and they're freaking out about something and, and you're, you're using what I call the paradoxical approach, which I've talked about in, in other podcasts where, you know, your child is screaming and yelling, you're not going to give in. They're not going to get the thing that they're hoping to get by screaming and that you don't want to reinforce that behavior. You've done your mirroring. So go back to earlier podcasts. If you want a reminder on, on what that is, the calm technique, you've used that already and they're still not de-escalating, which sometimes happens with kids. They're carrying a lot from their day. They, you know, it's quite normal, especially for younger kids to have, um, just meltdowns where it just all comes out because they had a really time, hard time regulating. After that, you just make space for them. And you say, sweetheart, you do what you have to do. Get it out, cry, make whatever noise you have to make, deal with whatever you're feeling. You are still not getting that thing. You still have to turn that off or I'm still not buying you that or you're still not going wherever they want to go if you've not allowed it. But I respect where you are right now and you've just got to let it out. You let it out, you go ahead. That's the kind of neutrality that I'm talking about. This sort of um, unruffled, uh, I don't know, position where you're sort of looking at it from above with this loving detachment. I don't know how else to say it. Just this beautiful, loving detachment. You know, the same way if, if a two-year-old came up to you and said, you're old or you look fat you're not going to get upset if they're two, 
right? You're not going to get offended by that. You've, you've, you've found this place to be like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's the age they're at or even, even laugh about it. And so you want to be able to have this, this perspective where from this higher place, you're able to look at the behavior and know that even though it feels real in the moment, uh, they are in a different place emotionally, they are working through some issues. Um, the less personally you take it, uh, the better the whole thing goes. Being aware of your own triggers, and I know I've done a, another podcast on triggers, um, just knowing what tends to trigger you from your own childhood or from your own issues or traumas that you may have had is really important. And learning in this loving, neutral way to walk away and just say, you know what, I'm not loving the way I'm feeling right now. I don't like the way my voice is sounding. I, I don't think this is a great um way that I'm feeling right now. So I'm going to go, I'm going to take some space. I'm going to rethink how I'm feeling and I'll come back to you. And that's also very good modeling for your kids, um, to show them that you can actually walk away, use some strategies. And that's when you drop your tongue in the bottom of your mouth, just relax, relax your shoulders, breathe, go look at baby pictures of your kids, you know, walk around your house and try to find everything that looks pleasant and pleasing. Look out the window, breathe, listen to music, do whatever you need to do to get yourself back in that alignment. And then you can go back downstairs and you can try it again. Now, the thing I want everyone to hear, which is really important is you're going to blow it. I blow it all the time. You're going to lose it. Okay. We're human. And if you never, ever, ever got mad at your children, their entire childhood, you just stayed in this perfect neutral space all the time, you're going to mess them up anyway, because somebody's going to yell at them at work or somebody's going to get upset with them and they're not going to know what to do. So you just don't want the losing it to be the primary thing that you do. So for the most part, you're trying to be this loving, um, detached, neutral, I've got you. I'm not going down into this space with you. I'm going to wait up here. I'm going to let you do your thing. And then you can come back up here and meet me kind of energy. Um, but when you blow it, cause we're going to blow it, you go back and you repair. And that's where you use the calm technique to go back and say, Oh, remember yesterday when I was got so mad at you. And I said this and this and this, I didn't stop and think about what that actually felt like for you. You were trying to tell me this. I was stuck on that. You go back, you use the calm technique to repair and there's such beauty in repair. There's such power in repair. Sometimes it's even better than, than getting it right in the first place, to be honest, because you're really helping your child see that you can have a really unpleasant interaction and really get to a place where you can understand each other and forgive each other um, and understand each other's perspective. That's some really important learning there. So what I want people to remember is life is um, full of these kind of ups and downs. And so the most important thing for us as we're trying to stay neutral is when things are really great, just know that they're, you know, that's not going to be forever. There's going to be some downs. Somebody's going to end up upset, upset. Somebody's going to end up crying. <laughs> Something's going to happen. And then when you're down, you remember like, okay, so we're down. This isn't pretty, but that doesn't mean it's going to look like this 20 minutes from now or half an hour from now, or even tomorrow. It's maintaining this um, perspective where you know that there's these, you know, life kind of waves and crests, that there are contours and contrasts that are certainly upsetting in the moment, but it's those very contrasts that actually help us really enjoy the, the happier moments and the moments where things are really going well and we're having these these kind of lovely, joyous experiences and that appreciate them when they're there. 
Um, and that know when you're in the down, it's all temporary. You're, it's sort of being on a trampoline. When you're up, you're up. When you're down, you're down. And just having this perspective that it will move. You will move through this. There is a fluid energy to life and to family life. And that if you live for every moment and think, okay, we're happy. We've got to stay this way. What am I going to do to keep it this way? Or when your child is very upset or, or distraught about something, it's, oh my God, I got to fix this. I got to, I got to get them out of this. This is terrible. We can't live this way. And you're constantly in that, um, in that dynamic of trying to control absolutely every circumstance. So you stay in the, in the more positive place. You're going to exhaust yourself. You're going to increase your anxiety. You're going to be working much harder than anyone else in your family. Your kids are going to start relying on you to do that for them when they're fully capable of doing that themselves. It is an incredible energy burden on you. Um, there has to be this place where you realize that you cannot control conditions. You can only control your emotional response to those conditions and you can model that for your children. So neutrality is something you kind of have to play with. Um, for those of you who are familiar with my work, you know that I, I, I love the analogy of, of standing in a canoe and life is a lot like standing in a canoe. You're going to wobble. And if you wobble too much and try to fix it, you're going to go in the water and if you're, you're going to end up wobbling the other way. It's just constantly trying to find this balance in the middle and being kind to yourselves um, and knowing that every day you get to start over and try to be the best version of yourselves that day and really look at this whole parenting thing as, um, you know, childhood for our kids is where they practice being adults. And in order to practice, you have to practice everything, being upset, being angry, feeling, you know, feeling lost, failure, mistakes, uh, getting left out. All of those things are the richness of being human. It's part of being, uh, it's part of being human and learning how to handle all of those contours. So when we take those on too much, it really gets in the way of us trusting in our work and our job as parents, trusting in our own children, in their own resilience and their own ability to bounce back. Um, remember that they gauge their response based on ours. So if we look completely panic stricken and they might not even have been that upset in the first place. They look at us and go, Oh, okay, look at her or look at him. This is way worse than I thought. So that's why neutrality is really, really important. So think about neutrality, play around with it. Uh, one of the best things to do when you're trying to be neutral is when you are doing it from, uh, the kind of highest uh, version of yourself, the wisest, most, um, uh, the, I don't know, your highest self, your best self, when you're making decisions from that place, when you're lined up with love, I call that true North, right? When you're lined up with love, you're going to make much better decisions. When you're lined up with fear or anger, um, you're going to end up making not the best decisions. And although those are the ones you can go back and repair. So that's, that's, of what I wanted to talk about with neutrality. I'll, I'll loop back to this in, in future podcasts because it really is one of the most important things uh, to be able to do uh, as a parent. You will certainly find that it is much easier to be neutral with you know one of your children versus the other. We almost always have um, one of our kids that, that triggers us more than others. And it's usually because we are either the most like them or they remind us of someone who's caused us some, some pain or some... Uh, hurt in our past. So even just being aware of that, being able to observe that, to just know that about yourself and observe yourself doing that, uh, can be really, really helpful. So, um, so there you go. So that is, um, 
a really interesting and, and deep way to think about being neutral. And remember, it's like standing in a canoe. You're always, always keeping your balance. It's not a permanent state. Um, I also want to remind everyone that if you want to dive deeper into the Connected Parenting Method, we do have an online course. We actually have three versions, really. We have, uh, you know, one version where you can just listen to the, to the or, or watch the videos where I walk you through each step. And we really deep dive into the practice. There's also professional videos on there with, with some actors where we demonstrate the techniques. Um, there's another version of the course, the master course, where I jump in and I'm very active in the closed Facebook group. And I'm also uh, doing regular online coaching calls, which is a lot of fun. I get to know, get to know all kinds of people from all over the world. It's quite wonderful. It's a very beautiful community. And we're also launching um, a much uh, simpler, smaller project where you can practice mirroring. It's called Parent, Play, Parent Playground. And um, you can meet other parents and practice, especially the calm technique and certainly the neutrality. Um, and don't forget my other podcast, which I think you might enjoy as well. It's not has nothing to do with parenting, but it's called Mental Health Comedy with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kolari, where we interview um, well-known comedians and entertainers. We've ha had some great guests, uh, Howie Mandel, we've had Judd Apatow, we've had fantastic guests, and we talk about mental health and we talk about practicing mental health. So it's full of strategies and a lot of fun and a lot of laughter. Um, so there's a whole bunch of resources for you, and we will see you next time on the Connected Parenting Podcast. Hi, I'm Barrett Kaleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.